Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast and a reverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin, how's it feel to not have shot a wedding last weekend? Oh my gosh, Steve. It's exactly what we needed. Um, sorry to let the uh, the listeners down. Uh, from all of the Instagram shenanigans I had promised. Um, but you, in fact, actually, you went on a vacation yourself. That is correct. How was that? It was very nice, Dustin. Thank you for asking. I mean, not many people get to get to uh, send their wife on a bareback elephant ride. No, not unless they show up to a rinky-dink circus museum in the middle of nowhere that does elephant rides for $10 a person, then yeah, yeah, you can then. <laughs> that somehow seems probably a little illegal, but... Um, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, we went to the museum for the Ringling Brothers. They're from Baraboo, okay. Wisconsin. So they have like a whole setup there where they used to run their operations. And we, I really, we only went there because it's the only place I knew of where Jen could touch an elephant and she loves elephants. Why she married you. Yep. That long trunk of yours. Oh, that's gross, Dustin. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have a wedding last weekend or were you purely on vacation? Oh, I drove all the way back to Indianapolis to shoot a wedding. It's a great time. That's, that's what I thought. You are, man, the commitment in your bones, Stephen. I love it. I, I try to be there for my couples. So so just walk me through the, real quick, just the mindset of a man. He's on a family vacay and he's like, okay, I got to turn that off and I got to drive in a car for, what is that, like five, six, seven hours? Uh, six and a half hours, unless the traffic's really bad around Chicago. So and we'll it turns call into it like seven. a nine hour trip. That's what it was okay, on we'll, the way home. We'll call, we'll call it nine hours. And to drive back, shoot a wedding, and then do you do you sleep or do you just turn around and drive right back to vacay? I slept after that. I'm not a vampire. I I can't survive with no sleep. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I don't live your life. I know most don't. Sucking the blood out of innocents and virgins. Yes, I've only had one instance where I uh, shot a wedding in Indiana, and then the next day. Uh, that same night, actually, that October wedding eve, I then drove through the night to New York to shoot a wedding that Sunday morning and slept like maybe three or four hours. That sounds terrible. How did you survive? Uh, on a lot of caffeine and uh, one of those little shot energy drink shot things, um, five, five hour energy. But yeah, so, what are we drinking tonight, Stephen? What's uh, what on tap for the listeners tonight? I am drinking an Olga from Scarlet Lane. It is another, I believe it's another bourbon barrel aged beer. It's very good. It's like a eight nine percent alcohol by volume. Hey, what do we got here, <gasps> Dustin? What is that? It looks looks like a beer, but could it be, or is it a cream soda? This is a uh... Michelob Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> is that a, a shamrock on the front? It's uh, their lime cactus uh, flavor. <laughs> I, I think they brew it inside of a cactus. That's what I'm telling myself, at least. But um, no, I'm I'm still dieting. But the listeners have spoken, and I have heard that Dustin needs to partake in the alcoholism of this podcast. And so I have found the. Uh, the tastiest low-carb beer that I could find. <sighs> Tastes like water. So anyways, moving onward, upward. Doesn't do we want to do some follow-up? Um... That was a trick question. We don't have any follow-up this week, Dustin. <laughs> I was like, we're free at last, ball, buddy. Free at last. I thought you were going to ask me if uh, the item that I pre-ordered on Kickstarter had arrived, and sadly enough, sadly enough... Oh, we do have time for a follow-up, then. Dustin, has the Magmod thing you ordered on Kickstarter arrived? <laughs> uh, Steve, I just ordered it, and I'm hoping in a perfect world that I'll get it by the end of the, uh, end of the year. But I did get something that I did order on Kickstarter along with your, you know, silliness of Kickstarter. 
Is it the coolest cooler? We don't talk about that, Stephen. Uh, it's, it's this little guy, which I will say because you listeners out there can't see. Um, this is the Ping GPS Locator. Oh, you uh, got something to track your daughter and your son down with, right? Uh, that's probably what I'll end up using it for. But what I originally got it for was uh, to put in my camera bag. Um, it's got a three-month battery, and it has uh, a cell phone like chip in it, so that it tracks via GPS anywhere it, this little thing the size of a Tic Tac case can go. Very it's nice. About, it's about the size of a Apple Watch, like without a band. Mm-hmm. Me- meaning that you can like put it on a watch band and strap it to your children or pets, or put it in your suitcase. Cool. Yeah, I figures the it finally comes and we have no more like real travel this year as far as flying. That'd have been nice when we were uh, in Africa. Yeah, that's probably back when I ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, so what what do we got on the slate for tonight, Stephen? What are we what are we chitting and chatting about? What do we have on the slate for tonight? Dustin, first up on the slate, I know this is in our show notes, but um, Mark Quinn was asking in our Facebook group about JPEG Mini and Image Optum. And uh, you had some thoughts to share about JPEG Mini. And since most of our listeners aren't actually in the Facebook group, I thought maybe uh, you could talk a little bit about what was going on there and um, how, how it is that you use JPEG Mini to size your images for the web. Yeah, so real quick before we dive too deep into that, uh, I do want to say, guys, our Facebook group is a very happening, active place, um, and I love seeing each of you help each other out, and if you're not already in the Facebook group, it's a great place to be. We are not selling you anything except for our good looks. Um, so we're not yeah. selling you anything. <laughs> uh, so JPEG Mini, for those of you who don't know, is a... Um, it's a third-party program that you can use as a standalone application or a Lightroom plugin. And essentially, all it does is use Witchcraft to shrink your JPEGs and only JPEGs uh, down to a smaller compressed form uh, with what they say is a, you know, losing zero quality, I guess. Is that that's mm-hmm. pretty much the sum of the parts there? Um, but yeah, so I use I started using JPEG Mini last year, and it has just saved us a ton of hard drive space. Uh, we were delivering about eight gigs worth of data at the end of a wedding to a client. I would say six to seven gigs probably on average, and using eight gig thumb drives. And we've cut that down to like three gigs with JPEG Mini, um, just because of the compression algorithm. And so the question that was posed uh, yesterday or today on the Facebook group was... Is the ad for um, JPEG Mini over now? or? Yeah, I so I don't know anything about the, uh, uh, the other program he was using uh, to compress his images, but... I'm not familiar with it either. Jen and I use Blogstomp when we uh, are compressing things for the web. Yeah, so I, I have Blogstomp as well. I do love Blogstomp. And then what I do is I run the stuff after I stomp it in Blogstomp through JPEG Mini and get gets me even a little bit, a little bit more. You're compressing a compression. compression. Yeah. I mean, I guess when I'm running stuff through Blogstomp, it's already been turned into a JPEG by Lightroom before I even run it through Blogstomp. So right. I guess we're all just compressing a compression, but you're compressing the compression of a compression. Triple compression. We're all... We're all just living inside a bubble, inside a bubble, inside a bubble, Steve, waiting to be popped. This is uh, the new topic on our on our podcast. It's um, compression inception. Compression inception. Did you hear the kick? You got to get out. Name of Steve's memoirs. Um, but yeah, so what we were trying to help him with on the thread was how to help him compress his images for web to help serve up faster loading website speeds. And so a couple of us were going back and forth on some settings that we use and how to help with that. And I think we got somewhere. I'm not sure. It sounded like he was maybe trying to use JPEG Mini and 
the other program he currently uses, and that might have been like overly compressing things. But could be possible. I don't think that's what he was trying to do, but what what was he trying to do? It looks like he was a just trying one. to export things from Lightroom and either send them through ImageOptim or JPEG Mini and uh, get something that he could post on the web that was small enough so that right, his so website page would be under two megabytes. I, I don't I don't right, see him so ever say he faster sending it through one than the other. He wasn't doing dozen levels of compression inception. Compression Inception. <laughs> so, Mark, if you're out there and you're listening, it sounds like Dustin's real answer to you is after you export from Lightroom, then send through <laughs> ImageOptim or Blogstomp or whatever, and then after that, send it through JPEG Mini. So you compress the compression of the compression. Well, typically I send it through JPEG Mini, then I send it through Blogstomp, but that's Oh, reverse order. Whoa. Reverse Compression Inception. <laughs> That's the sequel. Oh, but anyways, I want to talk. I want to talk to you, uh, Steve, about a fun little, a little cookie, a little nugget that happened yesterday. Uh, I was dropping our children off at uh, my parents' house for some good old-fashioned babysitting, so I could get some uh, photos taken. And I noticed on their kitchen table a little magazine, and. It just happened to be one of those scenarios, you know, in the right place at the right time. And I looked at the back of the magazine and I was like, well, scoot Don diggity. Oh, the wrong words at the wrong time. That is a picture that I took. The wrong picture in the wrong place at the wrong time. As far as that person's concerned. As far as that person's concerned, yes. Uh, so I picked up that magazine and I'm like looking at it. I'm like, gosh, I really think I took that picture. And I took it home, and I pulled up uh, later that day some of uh, the pictures I've taken over the uh, over last year. And sure enough, it was my picture in an ad for a company that did not buy or license this picture from me. Boom. And, That's the kick. They got to get out. Yeah, so I... Uh, so I'm, this is the, kind of a first for me. I mean, every now and then as a wedding photographer, you have uh, wedding pictures, you know, misused, um, which I feel like is very common. Um, but this was a commercial uh, copyright infringement. I'm not saying it's uh, any more valuable or less valuable than a wedding one. Well, I mean, but, one of those is only good for what, the next like year or two until they get new roughing in. And the other one is good for forever because it's somebody's wedding. So, I mean, you know, which is more valuable in the long run? Correct. So as Steve alluded to, so this was a photo, a uh, photo I taken of a house and um, a roofing company uh, had swiped it and used it on an advertisement for um, their roofing company. And so I spoke with the magazine today to give you a little update on where I am with these uh, proceedings. Uh, oh, breaking with- news, breaking news. This is all going on in real time. Dustin is uh, reaching out. He's contacting magazines. He's contacting roofers. He's contacting lawyers. We're going to keep you up to date as the story progresses. Can I go on? Yeah, go for it, buddy. I'm just <laughs> I'm letting people know what's going on here. It's a breaking news story. Uh, so yeah, Fort I Wayne talks, Confidential. Fort Wayne Confidential, WFC. Uh, so I talked to the magazine that uh, the ad was run in today. Wayne and Fort Confidential. You said WFC. I said Fort Wayne Confidential. WFWC. Yeah, no. FFWC. What I say. WFC. Oh, that sounds like that's like wrestling. Struggling tonight, bud. You're struggling. All right. It's my first first beer. I'm, I'm a layoff. First beer. I'm a layoff. I'm <laughs> gonna let you pick up the story back up. Come on, reeling um, it back in. So the magazine. Sometimes um, I don't know, if Steve, if you've ever been in a magazine uh, advertisement wise, but a lot of times, like some of these magazines, they'll be like, "Oh, just send us some pictures. We'll put an ad together for you." Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to make sure before I spoke to my attorney that the magazine hadn't in fact been the one that swiped the image Swiping and cr- created the ad. And then, um, come to find out they had not the, uh, the client, the roofing company sent them the ad as is. Um, wow. and then I spoke, spoke to my attorney tonight. She gave me sort of, uh, 
the rundown on what I should do now that I sort of know what happened and uh, how to proceed. Uh, so she said first kind of go in with the what she called the bluff cannons, where essentially you just want to try and get them to pay uh, as if they had hired you to take the photo. That would be, you know, obviously you can charge whatever you want and just say, hey, uh, you use my picture illegally. I really would like you to pay a license, a usage for that. If they say go F off, then you send them a cease and desist and then you can sue them for damages. So she said, start by just trying to get them to pay some crazy amount. That's not cr too crazy. So let's uh, walk, walk me through this. Did you send an email or did you call them? What'd you do? I'm so I'm going to call, reach out to them on Monday. Let's role play a little bit. Um, I'll be the yeah. person you be you. Um, give me a call. Let's, let's see where this takes us. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, Roofing 100 Awesome Town, LLC. <laughs> hey, is uh, Joe there? <laughs> would, you, would you damn near know it? I am Joe. I'm Joe, <laughs> Roofing Awesome Town 100, LLC. Uh, hey, Joe, my name's Dustin McKibben. Uh, I happen to have in my possession a magazine uh, with an advertisement in it that you oh, guys You saw our advertisement? Do you need a new roof? <laughs> Let me get you the prices on those real quick. Maggie? Maggie? I, wait, I got a client on the phone. Can you give me a rundown of the prices real quick? I got a, I got a real hot lead. Oh, I got hello. a real hot lead. Hi, it's me, Maggie. Um, I just want to give you the prices for this real quick for Joe. Um, it's going to be about $100 per square foot of your roof. It's it's going to be quite expensive. You're looking with a roof like that. How big's your house? It's about 5,000 square feet, Maggie. Oh, wow. That's going to be a big job. <laughs> Let me just see. Uh, advanced math, advanced math, advanced math. Oh, you're going to like uh, $20,000. Perfect, Maggie. I just want to take that times the number of magazines that were published uh, per month that this ad was run in. And oh, can I talk to Joe again? Oh, yeah, sure. Let me get him. Joe? Joe? <laughs> Joe stepped out. I love the voice for Maggie. Oh, I love you too, Dustin. Leave your wife oh. run away with me. We can roof together. Let's make roofs together. Let's sing sweet harmonies. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What would you say, Steve? Give, give me the professional Stephen Van Elk. Uh, first of all, what would you charge? What would... Uh, you charge for something like this. Well, this isn't fair because I know how much you charge to shoot the house for the uh, for the person because you told me your prices. I would just build them the exact same as I build the other person. No, I, I got to charge way more. I know you've got to, but if this ever did make it to the court, it probably you probably won't be able to show that they ripped your picture off knowingly knowingly like stealing your copyright so you'd probably only be able to sue for damages and they could prove damage wise that uh it only costs as much as what you charge people to shoot the house or maybe even just a fraction of that since it's just one of the photos no, because but... uh, because i'm i'm in some real estate photography facebook groups mm -hmm. and there's definitely a difference between when someone shoots a house for like a one time real estate listing and for when someone shoots, like, advertising collateral. So have you ever done advertising collateral for a house like this before? I have not, no. So get in your, your Facebook group and say, hey, guys, I've got this problem, and then fill them in on the deets, and then I've listen to all conundrum. of your favorite real estate podcasts to see if somebody starts talking about your problem on it and solves it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll have an update for you guys next week and, uh, hopefully it's, uh, juicy. Hopefully I have some, some tidbits of wisdom in case any of you guys ever run into a situation like this. So one time house, that's what? 150 to 250, somewhere in that range, right? Yeah. Advertising collateral, I'm guessing probably a thousand. Yeah. I was kind of thinking somewhere in the 1200 to 2000 range. That's what I was going to shoot for. Okay. So you're going to you send them cheaper. a cease and desist in, or something? I'm going to try and get them to pay a pay a licensing fee of that price, 1500 2000 
for the image. Oh, hey, and... Dustin, it's me, Maggie. Uh, we don't have the money for that. I'm sorry. Did Joe, Joe, Joe just left the, oh, oh Joe drove away. Joe, Joe said he quit. I'm, I'm so sorry about this. Uh, so then if they're like, no, we're not going to, which I, you know, that could definitely be the case. Then, um, that's when my attorney said, she'll just simply send them a cease and desist. Um, and you know, we'll take it from there. They can, then they'll have a formal legal action against them with the letter Mm -hmm. and it'll say that, you know, Hey, now you have to pay X. Are you sending a letter or an email? Uh, I have to talk to her. I'm not really sure how she operates. If it, I think it has to be a letter, but maybe she'll do both. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I personally I think it has would to be like, like, like it, from a logical standpoint and not a legal standpoint at all, I prefer email because then there is a copy of it left on your servers, a copy on their servers. You can, uh, you know, with different email programs, you can actually get like read receipts and stuff. So you can actually tell if they saw it, opened it, all that kind of stuff. Um, right. Whereas with a letter unless you have it sent as like a, like you're serving somebody, like you wouldn't actually know if they got it or not. Right. I think, um, like for example, when I went through an eviction process with one of our rental properties, uh, how she did it then was she had it sent through the mail because they have to have someone that actually like, you know, gets that signed document saying that someone received it. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, so I'm assuming that's how she'll do it, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, oh, so it's like the the mail where they have to sign for it when they get it or whatever. Exactly. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. See, that's yep, even yep, yep. that's even better than the uh, email because um, you know people in courts don't trust technology. So. Right. Right. Still live in the stone ages when it comes to the law. But I thought <sighs> this right. this whole thing was really interesting, being that just what was it last week or the week before we talked about mm-hmm. uh, that one court case. It, dealing with copyright infringement and i'm like shit i could you know this could screw me over yeah so dustin yeah steven next up on our topics we have not a question but it did come from a facebook group tiffany a facebook group shared a story she said i love story time she said she uploaded a photo to facebook after a wedding as a sneak preview and mm. Tiffany found this later, and it is a photo posted somewhere somewhere else, and they have cropped out the watermark on her original photo. It was not the bride or groom that posted this, but it was actually a parent, and Tiffany is not sure what to say, but I thought this fit in pretty nicely with your copyright thing. It's not quite... Uh, is bad because it's somebody sharing a photo that you took, but they, ha- they have altered it in a way. Um, you know, yeah. it's not a company that's infringing on your copyright with an ad to make money. Like you're, you're not going to be able to sue this person and make the, the kind of right. money that you want to make. But, um, but how do you handle this sort of situation? So this is something I've been dealing with uh, a lot this year, actually. And what we do is so we're old-fashioned we still give the bride and groom a thumb drive and on that thumb drive uh we have already pre-educated them that there'll be a file on the thumb drive that will say for print that has the full res um i think like 17 inch by whatever uh wedding photos and then also on the thumb drive you will have a folder of photos that say for social media used to say for web but that just didn't quite seem to get the message across and so we have one that says for social media or for Facebook, depending on so what I type. So if I can clear this up real quick, um, just to reel it back a little, uh, you said on the thumb drive you deliver to your clients? Correct. This coming from the guy who just said that our legal system lives in the Stone Age? Correct. <laughs> okay. Yep. Just just wanted to wind us back to that. Now we can go back to your story. I... I um Tell them that, you know, hey, the, the for web or for social uh, folder is, uh, you know, I've already pre-sized them perfectly Now, this thing that Facebook. you send to them saying which folder is which, um, is it like printed on a piece of paper? Or are you actually Glad chiseling it into the stone tablets that you send to them? It's, uh, I do the, the stone tablets and then I use one of those uh, priority if it fits at ships boxes because then it doesn't matter how heavy the stone tablet is. Mm, nice, nice. 
So, Good thinking. You know, smart. Sometimes I'll even throw the chisel in just because I'm like, ha, post office, I gotcha. See, I wouldn't throw the chisel in because I'd want them to think that maybe it wasn't chiseled. Maybe it was burnt in by God. I found the stone as is with the love letters. Oh, so you're sending them their love letters back? Wait, I what? give them a file with the... Wait, uh, you have their love letters that they wrote to each other on their wedding day? It's a love letter for me, Stephen. Oh, okay. For me. Okay. Not written in fire on a stone tablet by God. Well, you, I thought the inference is you were saying I'm like God. So the stone tablet, me writing. Okay. Back on that blasphemy train. We're going to get an email again. And you can send all that email to Dustin underscore McKibben Steven at Instagram. Dan Elk at Instagram.com. <laughs> um, moving onward. So, yeah, so I give um, a watermarked folder full of files. And I, it's about this year, it's been about 50 50. I get about 50% of my couples that will abide by that. They'll post the watermarked images on social media. And I'm super happy because then I always immediately get, you know, a flurry of one or two or three inquiries saying, oh my gosh, I just saw such and such as photos. Hey, can you shoot my whatever? Um, but then I also get those brides who just want to give me a big old middle finger. At least that's how it feels to me. I'm sure that's not their intention. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go ahead and they just, they go ahead and post them high res ones on Facebook, uh, with no watermark. And well, I don't other, know if otherwise just, they get into the crappy compression stuff, you know, like Mark Quinn was writing about in the Facebook group. Exactly. And, yeah, and you can't trust that Facebook compression. And yeah, I just, uh, I know that they're not being vindictive or whatever, but it's just like, Come on, guys. There is a folder on the thumb drive that says for social media. And then you're just like, hmm, I'm just going to go and do these four print ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But as far as uh, specifically goes with like cropping Tiffany, you're not going to really be able to control that. I mean, if it really bothers you, put the watermark a little higher, a little bit more in the center. I put the watermark right over their faces. Yeah. Sometimes I just make little watermarks and I put them over their lips. Like yeah, lipstick, I've, I've, it just says Steve Van Elk <laughs> on their lips. I um I did see a photographer. I think they're based out of Chicago. They do, and I've seen other people do this too, actually, now that I think about it. It's kind of like a line of water. It's like a line watermark where it's kind of like there's, you know, such and such photo through the picture. Mm-hmm. And like, those are the ones they give them for the web. Yeah, I, that'd probably be a little bit easier than the lipstick thing, because then, like, if the bride kisses the groom and gets, like, some lipstick on him, I have to do, like, a mirror of my uh, watermark <laughs> and put that, you know, reverse backwards, and then people are looking at that lipstick mark on his face, and they're like, what the hell is this? And how have do you... I read it? And then they have to, like, get a mirror out and look in the mirror behind their back at their computer screen or their phone just to read my name on the groom's face. And it gets real convoluted real fast. And then they don't realize that you secretly tattooed your watermark to their bodies mm-hmm. on the wedding day. Yeah. And then when the groom looks in the giving... mirror and he's like, what the hell? Yeah. Why does my lip say Stephen Van L? Why do I have <laughs> facial tattoos? What happened? <laughs> And that photographer gave me that napkin to blot the sweat on the wedding day. Little did I know. Uh, dude, you can't trust ether in a, in a napkin. Come on. Mm. You have to hold that over their mouth. Otherwise, they take one sniff and it's away and they, they don't pass out. You got to roofie them if you want to get them good with a facial tattoo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Too far. Um, you just bring in some champagne and say, hey, congratulations, you, spe- drink up. And then, bam, needles out as soon as they're out, down. Do you, do you ever watermark your images? No, Jen and I don't watermark our images anymore. We used to. You're, you're like I am so above that. Uh, we just found it made people more angry than not. And people, we we'd get like people writing back asking if they could get the images without the watermark and stuff. And it just came to a point where it's like either they pay for them and they can have them, or they don't pay for them. And I would say almost all of our brides and grooms who post our photos end up tagging us. Like, we don't often see people posting to Instagram or Facebook our photos without tagging us in them. So, I feel like a tag is better than a watermark because a watermark, I'd, 
I feel like most people see it and they're like, oh, this is garbage, this photo, because it has a watermark in it. But if they love the photo, they're going to click through to that tag. But if they see it with a watermark, they're just going to hate your business and probably give you a one-star review. I think it depends on how good your watermark is. Mm, there's no good watermark out there. Mm, I've seen your true. watermark. So. Nice. Yeah, I wouldn't say ours is good, but I definitely feel like, because what we're after is not necessarily when the bride shares the photos with the watermark. What I'm after is when that bridesmaid shares it or that, you know, aunt shares it. Yeah, I'm after but the, to get the bridesmaid or the aunt first, you have to convince the bride that she should share the watermark photos and not the ones that don't have the watermark. And the bride's looking at those photos and saying, these ones are ugly. I'm going to share the ones that are to print because I don't care. Have you ever, speaking of your little lipstick tattoo roofie scenario, <laughs> have you ever uh, snuck an Easter egg of a watermark into a picture? I mean, I know you spoke about the firefighter thing a couple weeks ago, but have you ever done anything where you like sneak a, like a watermark or something into a picture? No, man. Uh, the, the only time we might watermark pictures is if we send a gallery to a bride and groom uh, or like a a couple that's engaged and they haven't paid for the photos yet. And like, we're still waiting for them to pay. And then it's a real ugly watermark. That's going to make it. So they don't want to like screenshot and share, like it'll be over their entire bodies, that sort of thing. It's not going to be down in the corner. See, I did recently, I did a photo, um, that is like an Epic sunset over downtown that I shot with my watermark in the sun. I put the watermark, I hid it in a couple of the buildings. Um, so I'm curious. Did you get any and feedback I, about that yet? You can't see it unless you know where you're looking. I mean, it's real tiny. So what was the point and, of that? Oh, I printed it. Someone bought a copy of it. And so I sold someone a 30 by 40 metallic print of it. Oh, gosh. And so I was thinking, well, if he ever sells it or gives it to someone later on down the road and I walk into someone's office and I see that and I'm like, oh, hey, that's my photo. And they're like, oh, no, it's not. I got that from so-and-so. I can be like, oh, see that right there? That's my name. And they'll never be able to look at it the same again because I'll just have ruined the magic. I hate everything about that story. I hate everything about that. Especially the part where it's like, so if they sell it someday to someone else or give it away and then I magically appear in the office... Have you done this with like a hundred different photos? Because that's the only way this ever pans out for you. Uh, well, I was assuming after this person bought it and he's in a very public facing job mm -hmm. that um, somebody else would come into his office and see it. And he's already told me that people uh, love it and are interested to know where they can get a copy. So I got to set up that Dustin McKibben store online. Yeah, I mean, I try to do some stock images of the city every year because uh, there's always companies that want that crap, especially with uh, social media. So, yeah, uh, moving moving onwards, upwards, downwards. Dustin, you got a wedding tomorrow. I don't. We are recording this one super late on a Friday night. Uh, Dustin, what do you do the night before a wedding? What should you be doing right now that you're not doing because you're podcasting with me? Uh, so typically my pre-wedding night ritual is I'm very, I'm very strict about Friday nights are like totally off limits, uh, which really sucks because that's normally our only free evening, mm -hmm. uh, to do anything. But I, I need to be like fully focused in on pre-wedding, uh, activities in my mind, like mapping out the timeline, uh, for the third and fourth time, just to make sure I know every detail about the wedding day. It's kind of like, I imagine it's sort of like a quarterback or a coach the day before a big game. Yeah. Going through everything. And I'm not saying there's never been a situation where I'm just like, I do it on a Thursday and then Friday I go do something. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times I'm cleaning my lenses. I'm charging my batteries. I'm taking my camera bag apart and then putting it back together to make sure I have everything. Um, but yeah, I am super anal when it comes to that Friday night ritual of, I won't go to bed until everything is charged and everything is put together and the camera bag is by the door, um, in the morning. Wow. That's crazy. See, I usually go to bed and I've left the batteries on the charger charging because we have like those chargers where it could take like eight hours for the batteries to charge. Cause, mm. uh, I used to have those and then I upgraded mm, last year. Downgraded downgraded that's it that's the only way to say that 
those chargers that fast charge um, ruin your batteries if you use rechargeables. Oh no, I don't use the fast charge option. I use I just have one that charges more than like four batteries at a time. Yeah. So, well, how does that have anything to do with what I'm saying? Because you were saying that yeah, all my fla- you put batteries the ba- for my flashes, like my double A's, my triple A's, that might have to yeah. charge for eight hours at a time. I just so you throw put them, them on, on the, the charger, charger and I go to bed. Yeah, but you put them on the charger earlier in the day on Friday. I could do that, but I do it right before bed. Sh- <laughs> oh my goodness, Stephen! See, that would require so what, me. So what happens? Ahead. What happens then if the power went out or fluctuated that evening, and you wake up and none of those batteries charged, and you don't know, and then you put them in your camera bag, um, and boom, I would no know because either the power would be out, and so I would know I couldn't trust those batteries. Or the power would be on and I would see on the readout on my chargers that they weren't charged all the way. And then I would just grab my backups. Grab your backups yeah. that are... Oh, single-use lithiums. <laughs> but what about if they were camera batteries? You can't put single-use camera batteries in. Uh, we have nine camera batteries. We discharge, recharge between every single wedding. But we don't mm, do something any about of that. that phrase. Discharge, recharge. Yeah, we don't do any of that until like uh, right before. So if the power went out, I mean, we have charger. We have like six chargers for those things, and they take two hours to charge. So if the power power went out, we would have at least three batteries that would be completely full, more than likely, because we hadn't used them in the last week and we hadn't discharged them yet. So yeah, wouldn't want to discharge or recharge. Yeah, no, we've actually we've actually shot like three weddings in a row with the um with like without ever recharging the batteries for our cameras because it was like, oh, I forgot to do it. Oh, I'll just grab these other two that we didn't use out of this other camera. Man. Plus when I we just, shoot I a wedding, could... we never use two batteries in one camera. We typically get done with the wedding and we're about half full. On the batteries, so I mean, unless you got like a bunch of engagement shoots between one wedding and the next, you enter that next wedding half full batteries. I guess I do a lot of shooting during the week, so it's not like where I can just show up and oh, everything in my bag is exactly the same way as it was if from we the shoot previous the week, weekend. If we shoot during the week, we typically um, recharge the batteries when we go to that shoot, like before that shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. I've got, I got to know ev- where every little piece of gear is in my bag and make sure, because I've just been doing so much during the week, whether it be video, photo, real estate, commercial, editorial, and I take different stuff for each different thing. And so... Well, Jen and I have, you know, we'll sometimes be shooting at the same time in different locations. And so, like, we'll tear down the bags and, like, put them in new bags and stuff. Or if she's doing an engagement shoot or if I am during the week, like... We'll take two bags, but not like the main camera bag that has like everything in it. So like we'll yeah. tear the main camera bag apart, pull lenses out of it, pull camera bodies out of it, throw them into other stuff. And so every time we go to a shoot, it's like reconfiguring our bags and making sure we have everything. So we don't have this bag situation like you. Yeah. I'm just dedicated to one bag. I'm a one bag guy. That's your bag. I like the idea of another bag, but... I don't think I could do it like you do it. I'm just not as sexy and confident in myself to carry a satchel around the whole wedding day. I love that because then I got I got my lenses, I got my camera body, I'm I'm good to go. Now, I don't understand how you do it where you're always running back to your giant like rolly bag to grab stuff out of it down the wedding day. This is a utter insanity to me. Why wouldn't you just like carry around a few lenses on you or an extra camera body with a different lens or whatever? Uh, because Corinne and I are typically always shooting different lenses and I just would grab her camera if I needed something that wasn't on my camera. What if she was using her camera? She's never using her camera in a way that's more important than what I'm doing. Wow. But that's diff- that's the, wow. That's the, wow. That's the difference wow. though in the, di- the dichotomy of you know what Corinne and I are doing and what you and Jen are doing is what I'm doing always trumps Corinne and what Jen is doing always trumps you. Yeah, no, that's not true. It feels true. Maybe to an outsider. Yeah. No, Jen and I split up a lot of different things on the wedding day, so she's not always uh, shooting the most important thing at any given point in time. 
feels like it though. So say you. <laughs> As somebody who's what shot with us one time only ever. I just always assume whoever's doing family photos is probably in charge. Uh yeah. Yeah, Jen does all the family photos, like the pose family photos right after the ceremony. But if we do like family photos at the reception, um, that's up for grabs. And by up for grabs, I mean it's like, you know, one, two, three, not it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so so just so I'm clear here, just so I'm walking the line on the Stephen Van Elk uh, routine here. So it's kind of like Friday night's free game in your house. It's wedding, 8 a.m. the next day. You're like, treat it like it's your Saturday. Wait, what? Treat Friday like a Saturday? Yeah, do whatever you want. doesn't matter because it's just Monday the next day. No. And by Monday, I mean Saturday. No. Because that's your work day. No, because uh, all day Friday, we're like freaked out and stressing and trying to get other work done for the website or social media or trying to get something edited to send out to a bride, stuff like that. Mm. There, there's never a Friday where we're just like kicking it and taking it easy. Friday, Friday. I don't know, man. You should take it easy more often. You deserve it, Steve. Oh, thanks, buddy. Game ticket, $50. Hot dog, $8. Team store item, $25. I'll talk about the meeting with one hand tied behind my back, with some glasses on with one eye lens out, with some flip-flops on in the rain. Having you listen to someone's dumb sports opinions? Worthless. Some people shouldn't talk sports. For everyone else, there's the Unspoken Podcast, available on most podcasting platforms, and on the web at theunspokensportspodcast.weebly.com. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve... Alexis from the Facebook groups. I feel it may just be me, but... Does anyone else feel like they're constantly pushed for more free time from the clients. I've had several brides ask for more time prior to or after for getting ready shots. My current bride's getting married next weekend and just now decided to tell me the schedule changed. When I tell them it has to be amended in the contract and my fee is an additional amount, just X is there, she doesn't list the actual amount, but it's in the hundreds mm -hmm. at least. They flip out on me. What the heck? I saw a post about a Tog being asked to shoot an engagement party, and they lied to her. It was a wedding. Why do oh people my. feel like they can take advantage? Welcome to society. Welcome to every day of life. Yeah. Uh, so, Alexis, um, I've had something similar happen to me recently. Uh, but just to give you kind of a real-world scenario, Alexis... Kind of like you going to Taco Bell, ordering three tacos and a water, and then getting a fucking do. I'm just saying that is what you're doing. It's the same scenario. Um, so breaking the law either way. Yep. So, but yeah, I just had this happen last week where a bride um, confirmed her timeline, confirmed her package, paid her uh, final bill, and then a couple days later... Uh, messaged me and she said, oh, by the way, uh, here's the address for the salon um, that we're going to be getting ready at, ready at if you want to snap some pictures there. And I said, oh, perfect. Uh, what time are you going to be there? Because I thought, oh, maybe, you know, she switched up the timeline on me, which is not uncommon. And she's like, oh, we're going to be there from, I don't know, like 830 to 1230. I'm like, oh, well, that's weird because on my timeline, I have a starting at 1.30 at the venue. And, you know, obviously she'll be traveling from that 12.30 to 1.30 to get to the venue. And I was like, did you want to add time to your package? And she's like, oh, like, I just assumed you would do the getting ready stuff. And I'm like, well, that's kind of outside the coverage. And I would love to get the getting ready stuff, but it's like weird that I have to explain to them that as much as I love taking pictures. Wait, do you send them a contract that has like the hours that you're going to be working on the day? Uh, we have a spot where they they fill in the start and stop time. And I always tell them that we can flux that 
based upon the, how the final timeline comes out. Mm -hmm. Because when they typically book us, they don't know, oh, my ceremony's at X time. And so, but I tell them a normal eight hour wedding package, which is our kind of bread and butter package, um, is typically noon to eight or one to nine. And so we kind of fill it in there and then we kind of bump it here or there, like one thirty or, you know, whatever, two o'clock, like this tomorrow's wedding, uh, we're doing two to 10 because there's fireworks in the evening that they want captured, mm-hmm. whether, you know, it's going to be pouring down rain tomorrow. So I doubt there will be any fireworks, but we'll see. Maybe they can shoot them off inside. Yeah, that would be awesome <laughs> or terrible. Depends on <laughs> who be, you're asking. It would be very terrible. <laughs> Think how noisy that'd be too. But yeah, what, what do, what's your, you guys do like the unlimited hour type thing, nah. but it's not truly unlimited, but it's like, we'll just show up when you need us and we'll end when we think we should end kind of deal. Uh, we started doing a thing we call traditional coverage and we're moving away from that language now. It worked well for a while. And then we had one bride who was like, it never says hours on your thing. So I'm going to have you there at, which you is know, exactly what I told you would happen. And I, I mean, told you that would no, happen. Jen talked to her and we got it sorted out. And so we were only there for like eight to nine hours, but we added the language of uh, traditional coverage, which is eight to nine hours or something <laughs> okay. like that. I mean, at, may, it might not have been eight to nine hours. It might've been like six to eight hours or something, but you know, it was like parsing down like the uh, time to put like an actual time on it. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I, I know a photographer, how she does her packages, which I think are really great, is she'll say like, um, like she has like one package or maybe two packages and the first one is like up to 10 hours. Mm-hmm. So if she shows up and then feels that like, oh, I have enough, she'll leave. And, but, you know, and I always say like, man, but they paid for 10 hours. And she's like, no, they paid for up to 10 hours. Nowhere does it say I have to stay for all 10. Yeah. Try explaining that to a bride and groom on the wedding day. Right. That's, that's what I said. Um, but we will typically Alexis, we will show up, you know, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes even 30 minutes early just to get our bearings and make sure everything's not gone, you know, crazy before we get there. Um, and then, but we do try to leave promptly on that, you know, when that coverage ends. Um, now I do know that there are certain photographers that will do something I'm not sure if I agree with, and I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, um, but what they do is uh, say you pay for eight hours. Well, they'll show up whenever, you know, the timeline starts that the bride sends. Like, say it starts at 8 a.m. They'll shoot from 8 a.m. till when the reception ends. Oh, and then gosh. They sh- That's the worst. They show, they show a gallery of photos and say, okay, pick your eight hour, you know, eight hours that you want the photos from mm, well, yuck no no and, thank and you it's a huge yeah it's a huge upsell factor after the fact where you say oh wait you want all of these photos oh that's gonna be another 10 grand or whatever another um, 10 grand <laughs> you you want to bump it from eight hours to 10 hours that's gonna be a 10 grand <laughs> added on to the package <laughs> should have added that package on beforehand i told you double the price after the wedding we actually do that. If the bride wants to add time before the wedding, um, she gets one price. And if she wants to add time the day of the wedding, it's extra. Yeah. And I tell her, and you know, because I always feel like they're like, why is it extra? I'm like, that's just what my babysitter charges me. And then it's like, oh, okay. They like, in their minds, that's just like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, because we charge, what is it now? I think we charge $300 an hour. And if they want to add time the day of, it's $350 an hour. Nice. It's like a little what I call the pain in the ass fee of hearing Corinne complain about, oh, I've got to stay another hour. But then you throw up on your shoulders to do some shots and she drops the lens, right? Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, we have not done that again this year. You gotta stop. Stop doing those cheerleading moves when you're out there on the dance floor. Just trying to trying to get in um Olympic shape, man, where I can, you know, do those. That's what the crazy diet was for. 
Exactly. You won't even recognize me next time you see me, Steve. All right. Robin from the Facebook groups. I'm supposed to deliver a wedding client her photos today. I just woke up to read a Facebook post of hers in which she's telling her husband she's leaving him. Oh, shit. shit. Now, I don't know if I should message her and ask if she's still coming or what. I don't want to drive to the studio a whole hour for nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Robin, um, you know what? Her husband's leaving her. I think you can drive an hour to your studio just to see if she shows up. Jeez. Yeah, wow. I mean, I guess, jeez, I would assume that if she's leaving her husband that she's probably not going to want to see her wedding photos. Probably not the day she posts about it on social media. I give her like a week or so. Yeah. So, but I, but I, what I love Robin in this post is that, um, this, there's a marriage falling apart, a, a life that is being shattered. And <laughs> all you can think about is God, if I get there and she doesn't show up, I will have driven an hour see now you're starting see we have ben hartley on one episode and now you're starting to do little jabs like ben oh is that a is that a ben jab yeah, that's a jab man you're taking a jab at robin right now that's what we call a stab to the heart lee there was a follow-up on that facebook post dustin do you want to know what it oh, said i the do Steve, later I do. in the day posted her account was hacked oh god hmm yeah was it really uh, maybe what happened is she posted she was leaving her husband. Her husband saw it, talked her into giving him another chance or something. What a terrible way to tell your husband that, like, posting it on social media. I mean, I could see that maybe it was hacked because no woman, I feel, and I'm not a woman, I'm, what I'm, I'm mansplaining here, is I feel that no woman in her right mind would just tell her husband that way. If anything, they would do it with, like, you know scratch marks on the side of his bmw they're not going to post it so that their friends see it and they get embarrassed they would embarrass him solely by himself it's a scorched earth at that point in time dustin you don't care if you're embarrassed you're already embarrassed that you're with a guy if you're oh if you're death. posting the social media you're leaving your husband it's got to be something like your husband cheated on you well let's just say this robin let's hope that you got paid in full prior to the wedding let let this be a lesson get paid before the wedding guys don't be like one of those photographers who says, hey, I'm going to take partial payment after the wedding. I have one of those coming up, and uh, it was one of the few and only times I bent uh, to do it. So Tamara from the Facebook groups left a comment on it, Dustin. She said, same thing happened to me. A couple separated before I gave the bride the USB. She met me, though, to get it anyway, and I let her cry it out over coffee with me. That's caring. And then That's I, a kind soul. And then I slide over my counseling and therapy prices and packages. <laughs> and that is how you run a slime ball business. Or a successful business, Steven. And not a business I'd you, want to run. I don't I wouldn't care if it's successful or not. You can be you can be compassionate and still make money. Yes, you can. But what you were suggesting was not compassionate. <laughs> Uh, you'd be like so bride as much as I want to sit here with you I just we're going to have to swipe your credit card uh, that you have on file real quick for uh, what we call our complimentary breakup session where we just sit here and talk about it oh wow so heartless Uh, you know what I would say that's a little bit heartless is um, if you get those files processed and turned around faster it's much less likely that (laughs) <laughs> couple splits up before you deliver. Yeah, so that's where I would say, Tamara, I think that the couple broke up because of you. Like, <laughs> I think if your if your performance on the wedding day, or Robin, if your performance on the wedding day had been better, if you had made them love each other stronger. Wow. Well, I was going to call it after this question, but we've both been such horrible human beings that we need to do something nice and positive. Uh, Robin, Tamara, you're both great people, and it's not your fault. Now slide over that price sheet, Steve, for that counseling. (laughs) It's not your fault.
Rob and Tamara, this is not your fault, kids. Hey, Chief, it's not your fault. Our PayPal is at Wedding Photo Hangover. Come on, sport. On it's not PayPal. your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Is this where Matt Damon breaks down and cries? Uh, Nancy from the Facebook group asks, can you tell me what's in your camera bag when you shoot a wedding? Um, since we talked a little bit about um, my intense anal retensiveness, that's not the right word, uh, but how I structure my camera bag. A lot of adult See, diapers in your camera bag, is that what you're trying to get well, at? Your anus uh, doesn't retain your... <laughs> <laughs> I think we're talking about you here, but... Um, Actually, Steve, why don't we go ahead and do that next week? Let's go ahead and put up a photo of each of our camera bags. Oh, gosh. What do you think about that? Uh, I think, what do you think, think about that, that sounds like the most cliche thing in the world, but yeah, we can do well, it. We'll, we'll post it up in the uh, super secret Facebook group. Sounds good, Dustin. Okay. Uh, so what's in my camera bag? So since my wife and I shoot, I have a think tank roller bag uh, because we do travel quite a bit, or at least I feel we do. Um, and so we have three camera bodies. Um, we have two 24 to 70s, 270 to 200s, a 50, an 85, a macro, and a super wide 14 to 24, three flashes, some transmitters, a bunch of extra batteries, some business cards, memory cards, mm-hmm. and a couple little extra odds and ends, nothing special. Um, and that's it. That's really it. That's all that's in our bag. Oh, maybe like a tight to go pen and a sewing kit. Those would be like in some Tylenol is uh, some like, you know, things we bring for brides and grooms and stuff like that. How many bags do you have on the wedding day? Just one. What about your light stands? Uh, I just carry a light stand in with me. You only bring one light stand in? Well, one light stand kind of guy. And typically we won't even bring a light stand because my wife will just hold the light. So, wow. So, this is why you have such a disrespect for people when they second shoes, because you treat your wife like a light stand when she's second shooting with you. That's why it's so hard for you to believe that I might be doing something important with my camera and I'm shooting with Jen, because in your mind, it's like, oh, a second shooter, what's that? That's a light stand. Wow. And they get, and they get paid accordingly. Wow. Oh. Yeah. She's a really good light stand. That's why I married her. <laughs> oh, you're a terrible human being. Jen, Jen, wrapped, up, wrapped up on this terrible question. Jen, Jen and I bring several bags in with us. We have a large Kata bag, but Kata is now, uh, they've merged with Manfredo. So I don't, I don't know if they're still oh. Kata. It might be my Manfredo now. I'm not certain. Mancata. I'm not certain if they kept the uh, branding, but we have a, a large Kata backpack that we carry in with us. In that backpack, you will find three Canon flashes. You will find our sticky gels that we put on our Canon flashes. You will find a wide variety of AA and AAA rechargeable batteries. Amazon, the like pro Amazon basics that are basically the uh, Inaloops, the pro Inaloops. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are like a special Amazon one. I don't even know if they sell them anymore. But Probably not. They were like half the price of the inner loops, and they were literally the same thing when we bought them. Um, then we have two telephoto lenses in that big camera bag, uh, the 70 to 200s. Then mm. uh, usually one of our backup cameras, a 5D Mark III. Then 85 millimeter F1.2, uh, 24, oh. to, 24 to 70, F2.8, uh, 100 millimeter macro F2.8, and. Um, Sometimes like a 35 millimeter F1.4 from Sigma. Everything else is from Canon. Don't you have two 35s? Yeah, but that other 35s in my bag all day long. All day. Actually, typically now Jen has a 35 in her bag. I have a 35 in my bag, and uh, mm. they're both uh, Sigma 35 art lenses, the F1.4s. So like my I individual would... bag, I'm typically carrying just a 50 millimeter 1.4 from Canon. Uh, 35 millimeter from Sigma, and then sometimes I throw like the 85 or telephoto in there, depending on what we're shooting. I would love to do an engagement session with you where you shoot with a 35 the whole time, mm-hmm. and I shoot with like an 85, and compare the photos. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because I just I know photographers are like obsessed with the 35, and I've shot video 
for like I shot a video for a wedding where their photographer they hired, he shot I want to say ninety percent of the wedding day with a thirty five, and I just I can't wrap my head around it. And I know it's a great lens, and I and I've shot with a Sigma thirty five. I love it, but I it's just not how my brain thinks. My brain doesn't think in that in that way. When I'm second shooting with Jen, I am going between the thirty five and the seventy to two hundred most of the day. Okay. So I'm either trying to get shots that are wider than what she's getting, or I'm trying to get shots that are closer up than what she's getting. And when I'm like leading with a second shooter, I'm usually on the 50 most of the day. And then my second shooter will be going between like wide angle and close ups and stuff, trying to get stuff that just looks different than what I'm shooting. Yeah, I'm pretty much on three lenses all day. I start the day off with a 50 and then I migrate over to the 24 to 70. 70 to 200 combo for the ceremony and then from there for portraits i'm on the 85 the entire time and then for the reception i'm back to the 24 to 70 the entire reception that's crazy i spend most of the reception on a 35 see i think the more i think about it i think i could do a 35 for the reception but every now and then i'm like oh i like going that little extra 10 millimeters to 24 Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on a 35 most of the reception and then every once in a while like for toast for stances stuff like that I'll swap between the 35 and the 70 to 200 so I can do like close up stuff I might throw a 50 in during the dances see, I feel like I try to mix things up a little see but where you can get away with the 70 to 200 at receptions is because you guys do a tremendous amount of off camera flash yep where uh, I do zero off-camera flash at reception, so I need that 24 to 70 so I can be close to where that light's bouncing around. Then you got to be right up on the dance floor, right on, right on them. And then you don't get those awesome flares from that flash. The flash that yeah. you have behind them, not the flash that's on them. Correct. This I know I love that. you need more than one light stand. <laughs> more I than love one that. You need several Corins to have out on the dance floor with you. <laughs> oh, I don't put any light stands out on the dance floor unless we're doing video. Uh, the only time we're getting out lights uh, off camera wise is when we're doing portraits. Crazy. I don't understand how you shoot. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying I disagree with the way you shoot because I love off camera lighting at receptions. Uh, but unfortunately, Nikon's system is not reliable enough for me to do it. Whereas you guys can shoot and your flashes talk to each other. No, we're not even using I, Canon flashes most of the time. Yeah, but even without Canon flashes. Your young duo do you, you could buy young things. duos that talk to each other? A, B, we we are typically using Canon flashes when we're shooting off camera flash stuff at the reception. Uh, like it's when Jen and I split up that I take the young duos, she takes the Canons. Basically, um, yeah, I prefer the young duos most of the time. Uh, but she um she has the Canon flashes sitting on young duo transmitter receivers. And they cost so like the prob- 25 to 50 bucks for no, a two pack. Like, I have crazy. I have, yeah, I have two of those. I have, four, I have two, two packs of those. Mm-hmm. And that's what we use when we transmit uh, for portraits. Uh, the problem I run into with the Nikon stuff is I have such a heck of a time uh, getting super crisp, sharp images in low lit receptions when I don't have the infrared capabilities of my flash. I thought to shine Nikons on- were supposed to be great in low light, whereas Canons were supposed to be terrible at focusing in low light. I'm not saying they're worse than Canon. I'm just saying they're worse than being able to have that infrared capabilities that the flash on camera provides. I mean, I understand that. I think it's worth it to have a few duds mixed in there is to get better lighting for your other shots. But this is this. So then this takes us down a different rabbit hole because so what we did a few years ago is I would do off camera flash and on camera flash. Uh, and I would show the couple of pictures and I would say, tell me which one no, of these you told like this story better. before. And yeah. I thought it was, and they never bull. care. They never care about those off camera light photos. It makes no difference to them. So I was like, well, I've got to, st- I'm going to stop doing this extra work that I love simply to deliver something that they could care less about. Sometimes that's and you just got to do things because you love it. Yeah. And that's why I'm here talking to you, Steve. Because I love it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Well, thanks for giving me an excuse to drink a beer tonight. Anytime you need, buddy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with your hosts, Dustin and Steve. Hey, if you guys want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher. Leave us a five-star review. That would be awesome.
If you want to connect with us, we're at Wedding Photo Hangover on Facebook and Instagram or at Wedpick Hangover on Twitter. You can also jump into our Facebook group. We're very active in there. Lots of people are posting stuff in there. It's pretty awesome. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday mm. after you shoot another wedding. Yep, another wedding, another day, another dollar, baby. Yeah. Doesn't. So, are you caught up on season two of Westworld? No, or no, no. I've I've been very busy with work stuff and trying to get stuff done for the web and for video editing and other stuff. So, I'm behind on all my TV shows, and so I'm okay with that. I'm caught up on podcasts because I can listen to podcasts while I call and while I drive and stuff. Uh, I can you can watch Westworld while you drive. Come on. No, Dustin. It's a visual experience. It's a visual delight. I, I the thing I love about Westworld is how they intermix uh, different timelines mm-hmm. without giving you any clue as to whether or not it's happening, like what's happening when. Yeah, and you just kind of got to piece it together, and you don't understand. It's like a it's like a mental puzzle. Yeah. watching that show. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah, no, I thought I was gonna have a lot of time to catch up on uh, television stuff this week because I thought after I pulled that glass out of my toe before my wedding last week. I was yeah. like, I'm going to be laid up for a while. Like, I'm, I'm taking painkillers to power through this. And Oh, it's yeah. really that bad? Uh, no, no. I, I checked it, like, the next day, um, and it was like, oh, it looks like it's already started healing itself back up again. And so, I mean, I, I don't even have a bandage on it right now. It's fine. You're just super human, man. Uh, super lucky. It was like it was like a half inch into my toe. It was uh, It felt real deep. Mm. Burnt like fire pulling it out, too. Yep. A lot of things in your life burn like fire, I hear. Well, I mean, that's mostly just the STDs, but, you know, whatevs. Bomb dropped. Uh, Yeah. Cool, bud. No wedding for you tomorrow, so take the day off. Take it easy. Relax. I can't take it entirely easy. Got to edit this, this episode to go up on the following day. Oh, stop it. These things pretty much edit themselves from what I hear. Uh, this one will. I'm not going to put a lot of work <laughs> into this one. We love you, listeners. <laughs> All righty, buddy. Have a great night, bud. Good luck tomorrow with your wedding. You too, man. Have a good one. Bye. Always. Bye. Bye. That was your line. I just stole your line. Oh, that's cool. Uh, we don't have the money for that. I'm sorry. Did Joe, Joe, Joe just left the, oh, oh, Joe drove away. Joe, Joe said he quit. I'm, I'm so sorry about this. Wedding Photo Hangover is edited by Steve Van Elk from Bespoke Tone. You can hit up Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, or audio editing needs. Woo-wee.